You are listening to the Think Brick Australia podcast. Think Brick Australia represents the clay, brick and paver manufacturers of Australia. Brick by Brick, our podcast will discuss technical information and architectural case studies with special guests. I'm your host, Elizabeth McIntyre, the CEO of Think Brick Australia. On today's podcast, we're actually going to talk about the durability of masonry and what that means. It's a claim that we're very, very proud of from the industry perspective. And I'm joined by Michael Congress, our senior engineer here at ThinkBrick. And I believe, Michael, you're going to start me off with a joke. Elizabeth, thanks for having me. Joke for today. I found a shop that sells clothing made of brick. It's a hardware store. Oh, Michael. I'm not sure that joke is as durable as what we're going to talk about today. And let's just dive straight into this. Again, just before we get started, we are referencing Australian Standard 3700, actually Section 5, which specifies the minimum requirements based on exposure environments. And so, Michael, can you just take us through like the top five key exposure environments? Yeah, Elizabeth, there are five main exposure environments and, and these are a function of proximity primarily to surf coasts or, or non-surf coasts. And if you can appreciate, all building materials don't like salt water. It corrodes steel, it eats away at building materials irrespective of what they're made of. So what we've done as an industry, we've specified certain regions and their proximity to the surf coast and applied minimum requirements to the bricks, to the mortar, to the building components that you need to comply with to ensure that that brick wall maintains durable throughout its design life. Sure, and I guess materials don't like salt water pretty much as much as our eyes don't. No, that's right. And so it's about making sure that the brick, the mortar, the masonry wall remains durable throughout its design life. So if we start with the most extreme environment we call that severe marine and the definition of severe marine is an area up to 100 meters from a non-surf coast and up to one kilometer from a surf coast so you know what i'm envisaging here is i guess that's why we see a lot of surf clubs particularly of late that are actually built using brick and and i guess we're saying a surf coast so that would be a beach as as we've discussed bondi cottesloe noosa what would be a non-surf coast so a non-surf coast might be sydney harbour and so right. an example of, of of a location a high profile location which is within 100 meters of a non-surf coast would be somewhere like kirribilli house okay the next exposure environment is marine and that's where we're looking at the next step back so for a non-surf coast, it's from 100 metres to a kilometre. And from a surf coast, it's from one kilometres to 10 kilometres. Right. So if we look at regions around uh, Australia, Sydney Harbour, we're sort of getting towards Milsons Point now. Brisbane River, we're looking at places like New Farm. And maybe in, in Port Phillip Bay in, in Victoria, we're looking at suburbs like St Kilda. But I guess also what we're saying is if you're building a house right on the beach, you are going to be in a severe marine environment. And But if you're building a house sort of a kilometre back from the beach, yours is going to downgrade itself to a marine environment. That's right. And so with those waves breaking, that salt spray can travel a fair distance. So yep. we still 
keeping houses within that 10-kilometre zone of a breaking beach, a surf coast, as a marine environment. Okay, Michael, next one. The next one is industrial, and there's not a lot of regions in Australia which are applicable to industrial, but that's areas within one kilometre of of major industrial complexes. So an example of that in Australia would be somewhere like Port Pirie in South Australia. And you'd certainly hope in this day and age that acid pollution wasn't featured in a lot of our towns. All right, Michael, what's the next? The next exposure environment is a moderate exposure environment. And that's any built up area within 50 kilometres of the coast and more than one kilometre from a non-surf coast. So when we look at the east coast of Australia, we're looking here at our major capital cities, Greater Sydney, Greater Brisbane, Greater Melbourne. Okay, so what you're saying is even from a Greater Sydney perspective, if we're within 50 kilometres from the Sydney Harbour, we're, we're in a moderate exposure zone. That's exactly right. And, and this really makes up the bulk majority of our, of our population and of our construction. Mm-hmm. Next one. So the last exposure environment is the mild exposure environment. And that's any region greater than 50 kilometres from the coast. And what we've done is we've actually split the mild exposure environment into three subsections. The first one is mild tropical, and that's anything north of Rockhampton. So Broome, Cairns, those types of regions. The next one is mild temperate. And that's our inland east coast as far as sort of Burke and Mildura. And that's inland from Perth, from Geraldton to Esperance. Okay, so, but Michael, that doesn't exclude the fact that, say, if I think of Broome, if I'm building a house right on Broome Beach, I'm still coming under severe marine. You are. So we're we're talking about if you're building in Broome, but more than 50 kilometres from the coast. Makes sense. The last mild subsection is mild arid. And that's essentially everywhere else, but in particular, the centre parts of Australia. Okay, makes sense. So, Michael, we've gone through the five main exposure environments, which are mild, moderate, industrial, marine, and severe marine. So, let's talk about now is how do we determine whether a brick is durable or not? So, now, depending on which environment we're building in, we need to make sure that our brick can withstand the pressures that that environment induces on it and so we have a specific test and it's a salt attack test and what we do is we expose a sample of that brick to a salt environment and we repeat that process and what deteriorates our brick over time is the constant wetting and drying of a brick with salt water and those salt crystals actually expanding and removing portions of the brick. I guess it sort of also relates to, you know, how many times you go for a swim in the ocean and and the more times, you know, in a day that you're rubbing your skin, getting the salt water off or rinsing it, you know, the more sensitive you're going to get. Yeah, that's, that's right. And so we have three categories for the durability of bricks. The most durable is called exposure grade, and that can pass 40 cycles of the salt attack test. The next best is general purpose, and that can pass 15 cycles of the salt attack test. And the last one is called protected grade. And that's anything under 15 cycles. So then, Michael, if I was to use these categories and apply them to the environments for exposure grade, that's 40 cycles of resistance to the salt attack test. And that's going to be needed for severe marine and industrial exposed environments. That's right, because they're the environments closest to our surf coast. 
For a general purpose, that's where we're testing the bricks 15 to 40 cycles with the resistance to sold attack test. And this is only applicable for the marine exposed environment. That's right. It's the next most durable brick. And so it's the next step back uh, in terms of location from the surf coast. And then if we look at the protected grade, that's only been looking at sort of a 15-cycle test. And that really is sort of for everywhere else. And that sort of includes both the moderate and the mild environment exposures. So if you're outside of the 10-kilometre radius for a surf coast, um, so again, greater Sydney, greater Brisbane, we can use protected grade bricks for our external walls. So the other thing I guess, you know, that we we have to consider here in the masonry unit is the mortar. It obviously matters. How does this feature when we talk about durability? So with mortar, we have different classes of mortar and each class has a respective durability grade. And so the three mortar classes that are applicable for durability are M2, M3, M4, with M4 being the most durable mortar. And how are they more durable? What, what happens to the composition of the mortar? So we adjust the composition of the mortar and, and change our portions of sand, cement and lime to increase durability. And to test for mortar durability, we use a device called a scratch tool. And the less that device goes into our mortar, the more durable our mortar is. So it, it is literally just to paint a picture here. You are scratching the mortar and you're seeing at this point how deep you can scratch it. And that takes me to the next point. So what if we're looking at the strongest mortar, which is M4, how deep can we scratch that to be classified? M4 cannot scratch further than 0.1 millimetres. So that's nothing really. Not much at all. Yep. And then the next one is M3. That's our next most durable mortar. And and what is that? And, and so M3 mortar has a scratch index of 0.3 millimetres. And that's only required for marine and that's probably the most common that we have. Um, the least durable mortar is M2 and what's that index for the scratch so test? That, so, so M2 mortar has a scratch index of 0.5 millimetres and so therefore it's the least durable. Now that you've said, you know, M2 is used for everywhere else, moderate and mild, why do we see the most popular mortar being used is M3? Remember, Elizabeth, that we are only talking about the minimum requirements in 3700. Okay. So we are able to use any mortar class or any brick exposure grade higher than our minimum requirements. And we know M3 is more durable than M2. So we're just giving that added benefit of comfort. All right, so Michael, now we've gone through the actual, the environment, the masonry unit, the mortar that holds it together. What other built-in components do we need to consider? So built-in components can include wall ties, masonry anchors, shelf angles, lintels, or bed reinforcement as well. And unlike bricks, steel can corrode. So when we're including steel built-in components into our masonry wall, we need to ensure that they have adequate coatings or, or we're using a grade of steel that gives us enough corrosion resistance throughout the design life. Okay. So, Michael, where can people refer to this? Is there a table that they can refer to this information? Everything that we've talked about today is encapsulated in Table 5.1 of AS3700 and that links the exposure environment and the location of that wall to the respective minimum requirements for the brick unit for the mortar and for the built-in component. So if I could summarise very briefly, the first thing before we start designing 
a building is to determine which environment it is going to be built in, whether it's going to be severe marine, marine, industrial, moderate or mild. The next thing we need to do um, based on that information is to look at what brick durability we would need from a salt attack perspective and whether we're going to be exposure grade, general purpose or a protected grade. Once we sort our bricks out, we then need to look at the mortar and again, looking at depending on what environment we're in, which mortar is going to be the most durable. And here we're sort of looking at M4 or M3. And then we're looking now that we've got the masonry sorted, what other building components do we need to ensure have enough durability or corrosion resistance to be able to enable the building to perform in conjunction with and complying with the National Construction Code and AS3700. You're spot on. We know bricks can last a long time. And by specifying the right brick and mortar type, depending on where we're building, we can really ensure that our brick wall is going to last a lifetime. Michael, I hope we've tried to make this easier for our listeners, but I can tell you that what I'm looking at in front of me, which is the table, makes it very, very simple. But as you know, I like to listen to podcasts while I'm doing something else. So where can our listeners go to find these tables and get more information? Our website has a range of information about exposure environments and about how bricks are tested and how you can select a brick for the right exposure environment. We've got a range of technical manuals, fact sheets, and some online presentations as well. Thank you for joining me today, Michael. All of this just makes me want to go to the beach (laughs) whilst I'm thinking brick. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Elizabeth. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast. We are always looking for ideas of what to talk about. If you have an idea of what you'd like to hear about, there's a link in our show notes to let us know.